Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yay Networks. Welcome to another episode of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. I'm your host, Dr. Roddy Raban. And today's episode is all things nipple related. That's right. All things nipple related. We've had a lot of questions historically about nipples and they um, often are overlooked um, as a very important anatomical feature in the body and incredibly important when it comes to the breast. And interestingly, a, a lot of women have issues with their nipples, but because it's not often spoke about, they just sort of ignore it. And then when the subject comes up in the office, it's only then they're like, oh, wow, really? I can fix? So we're going to be chatting about two of the most common nipple-related issues, which is the inverted nipple and the prominent nipple. The inverted nipple being the nipple that is tucked inwards and retracted, and the prominent nipple being a nipple that's too large, too full, that makes it very difficult to hide. But before we do that, I'm going to introduce my trusty companion and, and producer, Maria. Welcome. Hello there. So we're going to start sort of doing something on a regular basis. We're always going to start the show out with something positive. We live in a very negative world. So we want to start out with something positive. So due to your kindness and all the lovely things you guys have written about the show, we're going to start out with giving one of you guys a shout out for one of the lovely things you wrote. So Maria, why don't you read one of our uh, appreciative listeners? Well, we got this uh, review on our podcast um, from a person named, uh, well, she calls herself Mom of Five. Mom of Five. God bless you. Old. Yeah, God bless her, because I don't think I could survive that. Uh, she says, I'm a mother of five sons who has sacrificed my body to bring my beautiful children to this earth. Um, I couldn't find the right doctor in my area. It's a lengthy post, but you know, I'm going to... No, oh, so you're going to just synopsize it, right. okay? I couldn't find the right doctor in my area that made me 100% comfortable and confident with the procedure that I was pursuing. So I decided to look further and search for a doctor out of my area that was located close to my old stomping ground. I took a leap of faith and set up my consultation with Dr. Ravan. He went over all my questions and fears. I finally felt this is the one. I'm currently 10 weeks post-op and I am extremely satisfied with my results. My diastasis is gone. All I have to say is Dr. Ravan is top-notch and very talented. If you're on the fence about making a decision about getting your procedure, he's the one to go to. He's very honest, thorough, and knowledgeable. His staff is very friendly, amazing, and very knowledgeable. So that's very lovely. And yeah. the assumption here is that this patient utilized this platform amongst other things that are out there, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, social media or gallery, the website to help make that decision. So um, we feel awesome and honored anytime we can help someone get to the next stage in their life. It's 
really, really special. Um, okay, Maria, let's, yeah. No, wait, there's one more. There's one more. This one comes from honest and illuminating and relevant. Who the hell is that? Honest and illuminating. Oh, it says here. It says here Kelly M from one twenty three. Okay, and she wrote for anyone who wants to become informed about plastic surgery and all things related. This is the place. It's so critical to do research. When you go online, however, you can easily get lost, and it's hard to know what's credible. Dr. Raban is a trustworthy source of clear, honest, and to the point, unbiased information. He brings on other experts from a variety of fields and specialist issues for collaborative discussions about the best approaches for various medical problems. I feel like it's hard to spend time with doctors sometimes. They can rush you in and out. Dr. Raban was not like that at all in person and also allows his patients and anyone who cares to access all this wonderful info for free. Information allows you to make empowered decisions regarding your health. Strongly recommend listening to this podcast before considering any medical procedure. That was very sweet. That one was awesome. That's the main purpose of these podcasts is yes. to be informed, to empower you to make the right decisions. We, we love it. And we're just going to keep rocking and rolling and keep giving you information. Um, I, I want to believe that most physicians' information is honest. Maybe some people don't do as good a job of it. For me, I... It's pretty straightforward. I love transparency. I think that's just my favorite thing. Uh, my wife always used to say I'm allergic to lying. So, you know, we're just going to tell you what it is. This is how it is. And then that way you guys know what to do and you make your own choices. And you're so, also no filters. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you say I mean, how, how it is. I mean, I try to filter around my son now. I try not to curse a lot, but it's it's going okay. <laughs> All right, let's let let's start. Well, we're gonna do the first half. We're gonna do inverted nipples. All right. So, who cares? Like, who I gives care. a shit? Like, know. who cares? Who cares if you have an inverted nipple? Why is that relevant? It's really relevant. And as a man, not obviously, a lot of these topics are sensitive from an intimacy standpoint and a sensitivity standpoint. Having done this now for seventeen years, I've started to realize that inverted nipples are more self um, causing more patients to be more self-conscious than having prominent nipples because prominent nipples is a part of looking normal to them but inverted nipples nipples that are regressed or inverted and go inwards to them looks morphed or abnormal or not attractive and i cannot tell you how many patients over the years have found it to be a such a source of insecurity especially with husbands and boyfriends and loved ones. So I think it's become something that's super relevant and super important. So why does one have it? What it essentially is, is that when we develop as a child in our baby and our mom's bellies, we're developing what we would call normal anatomy, right? Your lips come together, your eyebrows come, you know, your eyelids connect, et cetera. So we are born many times with things that are not exactly fully developed correctly. So when it comes to the nipple, what happens is that there is remnant scar tissue, what we would call like these bands that attach to the nipple and they pull the nipple inward like a parachute pulling inwards. And so these tethered bands don't allow the nipple to come out. It's there. It's not that they're born without a nipple. It's just that prominence portion of it is regressed. And in those bands, 
are the other critical structures. What is critical in a nipple? What is inside there? There is ducts that allow you to breastfeed. Milk in your breast tissue comes out of those ducts and out through the nipple. Nerves, it allows you to feel. You can you have sensation at your nipple. And for a large number of women, not only is there sensation, but it's intimate or uh, sensual sensation. And for some, it's critical for climax and arteries, blood vessels. It's alive. Your nipple's alive. So it has arteries. So along with those scar tissue remnants, fibers are these other critical structures. So the question is, when do you fix it? So there are two types of inverted nipples. There is transient and fixed. Fixed means it's always inverted, all the time. Cold, warm, stimulated, non-stimulated, morning, noon, night. It never comes out. My nipple never comes forward. And then transient is it's in, and then sometimes it comes out. I don't know. It, when I'm cold, it goes in. When I'm warm, it comes out. Sometimes we're more intimate, et cetera, et cetera. Why that's relevant is it will determine when you should fix it. Because when you go to fix it, you have to release the things that are causing the nipple to stay inverted. You have to disconnect the items that are holding it back. Well, in addition to the scar tissue and the stuff that you have, you actually have to release the other structures that you need. So you will cut the ducts, and as a result, you will not be able to breastfeed. Now, if your nipple is always inverted, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're 21, because even if you get pregnant and have a baby, you wouldn't be able to breastfeed that child anyways. But if your nipple is in and out and you're still young and you want to breastfeed, there is a possibility that when your breasts become engorged and it's time to breastfeed, that your nipples will be able to function, in which case you may want to wait to fix your inverted nipple till after you attempted to breastfeed. So that's really, really important. The timing of fixing it has a lot to do with the type of inversion and how old you are. Now, what are the ways to fix it? Many people will go to like dermatologists or spas or whatever and try to stick a bunch of fillers in order to make a nipple stick out. Now, it doesn't work very well. If your nipple is truly inverted, meaning it's dented in, and I'm not talking about neutral where it's just flat, you're never going to be able to do anything non-surgical to get it out. If your nipple is present, you have a nipple, but it's small and you'd like it to be a bit more prominent, then maybe you can use filler and stuff like that. But don't bother with fillers if your, if your nipple is inverted. The only correction is surgical. So what does that entail? That something you can do under local in the office. It's not a major surgery. It takes like 30 minutes or so. And what you're doing is you're basically going in from one portion of the nipple, going in from the side, and you are actually releasing hundreds of imagined cables. You're cutting them. You're cutting the cables. And as you cut them one by one by one, the nipple will slowly 
release itself from its deep position. And you release, and you release, and you release. Now, while you're releasing those cables, so to speak, you're also cutting the artery, the nerve, and the ducts. So this is an irreversible procedure. But again, you're doing it in someone whose nipple never comes out. So it's non-functioning anyways. It's not like they're breastfeeding. It's not like they're using their nipple for sensation. So it's not really relevant. So you do that. And then you need to put stitches in the space that you created. So you have to close the inside so that the nipple stays up rather than falls back down into the hole where it began. Okay. So that's how you fix it. So that's inverted nipples. It can happen on one side or it can happen on both sides. It can happen asymmetrically, which is it happens a little more on one side than the other. So, all right, what are the risks? Like, what are the risks with this procedure? Obviously, you're going to have no milk. Obviously, you'll have no sensation. It's not that there's no sensation. It just won't be that super duper sensation of intimacy. You could lose part of the nipple because you're cutting the artery and there's an element of ischemia, lack of blood flow, and the risk of necrosis, which is like not surviving, turning dark. It doesn't survive. So it's not common by any means, but of course, naturally, when you're cutting the artery because you're cutting everything else, it's possible. There's a possibility that one nipple comes out more prominent than the other, right? It's more, it's asymmetric. And then the last thing is that you lose some of that, it regresses. In other words, you do it, it looks great, I love it, blah, blah, blah. And then over time, it sort of falls back. It's unlikely to ever go fully, fully back because you've released all that, but it may not stay as prominent as you had hoped, but still better than it being fully regressed. So this topic may seem really asatiric to you, but I bet you, if you speak to enough of your friends, honestly and earnestly, I think inverted nipples impact a significant number of women because I see it a lot in my office and I frankly would never have thought it was as prominent an issue as it is. Can I ask you, when does this first develop? Does it happen to a woman when she, you know, starts menstruating and then her breasts grow? When do you see it for the first time? So that's a great question. I think that it can develop throughout your life, but I think predominantly it happens very early on as your breast buds develop. And probably by the time you're 18 or so, you'll pretty much have the inverted nipple. And should you do that procedure to fix it that early or should you wait till? I think you should initially wait a little bit to see that it, it doesn't release itself. Um, I think, th you know, because it's such a definitive, no going back procedure. Right. You want to make sure that for sure it doesn't come out. There is always a possibility, although it's uncommon, that you have an inverted nipple, it doesn't come out, you get pregnant, you get engorged. And maybe it comes out a little bit. But most women will tell you that I got pregnant. I could never breastfeed. It just, I couldn't. It just, I, my, listen, as it is, nursing uh, with nipples is so difficult. <laughs> Suckling, bruising, yes. um, uh, 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 scaphing, 
all those things. You have to have like a legit nipple for a child to grab onto, let alone one that's not going to be as prominent. So yeah, I think that by, by your twenties, you will have already known. Mm. Yeah. Because I figured, you know, once you develop your breasts start coming out, it has to be appearing. I, I wouldn't want to stay with that like that. Right. It would bother, would it bother you? Correct. Yeah. It would, tremendously. I had, I have had women come to me in their fifties to have it corrected and they've had it all their life. And it, what I'm trying to say by that is that it never becomes not relevant, right? You think, okay, you've been married, you have three kids, like who cares? No, it bothers women a lot and it naturally makes sense. And so the good news is a know that other people have it Two, it's fixable and three, it's relatively easy actually. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do the polar opposite, which is my nipples are too prominent, too large, too, um, um, too noticeable. Um, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back to the second half of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. Welcome back to the second half of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. So we are doing a deep dive in all things nipple related. We just finished a segment on inverted nipples and now we're going to turn our attention to prominent nipples. So what the heck is a prominent nipple? It is a nipple that is either too wide and, and or too long. And why it's relevant is because it can be very disruptive, right? Embarrassing. It's embarrassing and disruptive. That means that every single piece of garment you wear must have padding, a significant amount of padding, bathing suits, dresses. You certainly can't go braless because you, it will, it will be so obvious. And so as a result, again, one of those things that people don't realize there's a treatment for it. Well, what you can do, you can change your nipple size. We're not talking about the areola. Very important. You understand the areola is the pigment around your nipple. The nipple is the part that projects from the breast. Both of them can be large and both of them can be addressed, but this topic is predominantly about, uh, rather, excuse me, is, is only about the nipple itself. So when can you fix it? This one you can fix whenever you want. The reason you can fix this one whenever you want, meaning before and or after having babies, is that the procedures, at least the procedure I use, to fix it does not impact your ability to breastfeed and or feel as did the other one. So timing is based on when it bothers you. Now, for many, many women, their nipples become much more prominent after having had children and after breastfeeding, much like labias become much larger after giving birth. So for women, many of them are like, my nipples were never this big when I was in my early 20s. And I gave birth to two, three, four children. I nursed them for, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months. My nipples are so much bigger than they were before. And so if that becomes the case, then naturally you want to see if you can improve it or fix it. This too, like the inverted nipple, the satisfaction rate with this is through the roof. Again, the story behind this is as follows. 
my first breast aug, this is like 17 years ago, was a lady who was a friend of a friend. And I did her breast augmentation. She was super happy. She came back. She was telling me how wonderful everything is. Oh my God, I love it. Of course, naturally, I was so happy. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't kill her. I didn't, I didn't screw it up. And she said to me, the only issue I have is ever since I got this breast hog, my nipples are so much more prominent. Shit, I can't wear anything. My nipples are like, because if you have prominent nipples and you get an augmentation, they'll be more prominent because your breasts are going to be projecting more. Your breasts will be pushed forward. Your nipple will be taller. And I said to her in one of the follow-ups, I said, yeah, okay, no problem. We can fix that for you. And she looked at me, she's like, what? I said, I can, yeah, I can make them smaller, less projecting. And she looked at me, she said, you tell that to me now? <laughs> Why the hell didn't you tell me that before surgery? And I've always had a philosophy and the philosophies, I never point anything out to patients. I'm not going to tell you when you come for a tummy tuck, hey, don't you want to work on your saggy breasts? Or you come for a rhinoplasty, I'm like, yeah, but what about your right eyelid? It's really... Like, that's just not my style because people are offended. They're taken aback. They didn't come for that shit. Uh, just, I came here for my breast, doctor. Don't worry about my abdomen. So I never, ever make comments about things that people don't ask me about. And she's like, you got to do me a favor. You got to tell patients that come for breast surgery about their nipples. And so as a result of her for 17 years, if I see a woman with prominent nipples and I'm doing breast-related surgery, I will mention it. So, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So what do you do about it? How can you fix it? So there are two main techniques, and I'm not sure why the other technique even exists, but it does. One technique is the transection technique, which is they just imagine a prominent, a tall nipple, and you slice off the top of it. Oh, my God. Oh, his face just hit the ground. That just hurt me. Yeah. You slice off the top of it, and you let it heal by itself and it sort of kind of heals and the top kind of roundens itself off. And as you can tell, if you look closely enough at your nipple, it's irregular at the top. It's uh, uh, like viregated. It's, 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 just, it's not smooth. Mm -hmm. There are other similar surgeries where you lift up the top, take a segment out and put the top down. The problem I have with those, all those techniques, AKA any technique other than the one I'm going to describe to you, it can impact the sensation. It can impact the ducts, and it can be kind of sore and raw for a while. So that is not the technique that I do or recommend. The technique that I use and or recommend is called the telescoping technique. And what that means is we take the skin around the nipple like an apple core around, peel off the skin of the apple, but we keep all of the critical structures in the middle intact. And then we literally push the nipple top back down and connect it to the base. So imagine in your envision an apple core, you have the top and the bottom of the apple, the center is, there's no skin. And you take the top and the bottom of the apple and squish it together and you make a tiny apple. Now there's no, the apple's shrunk. So that's exactly the technique. You leave the top of the apple, uh, the top of the nipple untouched. You leave the base untouched and you take out a sliver of a cylinder of skin around the edge. It's just skin. 
and then you push all the contents into itself and the nipple reduces in height as well as it can reduce in width. Super cool procedure, super straightforward, 30-minute procedure in the office under local. Bam. Now you don't need to wear all those padded, weird things, the, the chiclets, the things. You can buy bathing suits that are thin and don't have to have layers of stuff in it. You can go braless. You can wear a T-shirt. And all the while, no loss of sensation, no loss of ability to breastfeed. So that is the procedure I recommend. It's badass in that it does something really, really awesome and helpful and without a significant exchange. Now, what are the risks? So the risks are, of course, um, you know, oh, back up uh, on both the inverted scar, inverted nipple and this one. So people are always worried about scars in general. Nipples very rarely scar poorly. So they, the scarring is not really a major issue. So really the only issue with the telescoping technique is asymmetry, in my opinion, meaning the right and left nipples aren't identical in projection or width, which... But they normally are. Which never is the case. Right. That was but, but, that, but that's not the case. But people don't give a shit about that. Because once you operate on something, you expect or imagine or demand it to be exact. My mm -hmm. eyelids aren't the same. My breast size isn't the same. My ears aren't pinned the same. Well, of course not. So really the only main issue is that one breast, one nipple is slightly higher or lower than the other one. Other than that, it, it's really, I, I, dare I say, bulletproof. It's a very highly successful procedure for what it is. And like inverted nipples, the amount of satisfaction it creates in a woman's life is far greater than I would have imagined because of all the things it allows you to now do. Yeah, it's the first thing that people see. I mean... <laughs> When what I people are you talking out? about? <laughs> no, but it's the first thing when you're when you're when I go out and I see a woman that her, her nipples are sticking out, like I'm embarrassed for her. You know, yeah. you, you focus on that. And my husband, if God forbid I have it, he'll look hey, do something because you can't go out that way. Well, it's interesting because for a lot of people it's embarrassing. And for a lot of people, I was watching Friends with my wife, and apparently it was a big deal on Friends. Everyone had nipple show on that show, like by design. Really? My, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to go watch it again. There'll be hundreds of episodes where the girls on that show had nipple like show. And for some people, it's sexy and youthful and whatever. But for a lot of people, it's like, oh, my God, I, I, I just can't go out this way. And so anyways, I found these two small, effective procedures to be really important to know they exist. That's the main thing that these two procedures exist, and that if you hate your nipples in any fashion, they can be correct. And can I ask you something? When they do um, a nipple, when you they raise it up or whatever, sometimes they'll tell you that you can get blue sensibility or heightened sensibility. Well, correct. Is there any possibility in this case as yes. well? Yeah, you can get, anytime you're messing with, the, not the telescoping technique, the one pushing back, I've never had any hypersensitivity. But definitely the one where you are taking an inverted nipple and bringing it out, the sensation can be a little off for a while. But I don't recall the last patient for whom that was anything longstanding. That's good to know. Cool stuff, well, right? We, I definitely learned a lot. All right. And one advice I give to everybody, if you go see Dr. Roddy to get surgery, ask him, what else do you see in me? <laughs> Listen. If people, I have patients who come in and they're mm -hmm. like, I'm like, how can I help you? You tell me. I was like, what? Well, what do you think I need? 
I'll never answer that question ever. <laughs> I can take you apart to the point that you leave crying. Your nostril is higher on the right side. Your eyelid is a little crooked. The corner of your left canthus is there. Why on earth would I ever do that? To you know what? I believe you. I believe I, you. I never. And my wife hates when people ask me questions because she knows I'm brutally normally honest. So I don't do that in practice. I'll make suggestions like if you come for your nose, I'll say, hey, listen, you might consider your chin because it's a bit weak and it impacts it. But I usually don't go beyond the immediate connection because I really do think people are taken aback by it. And I think as it is, the only reason to do procedures if you're insecure. Or you feel, so, like, yeah, you feel uncomfortable yeah, with something. You're insecure, it bothers you. So if your prominent ears don't bother you until I mention it to you, wow, that sucks. So why would I bring attention to something that isn't bothering you? I won't. I won't do it. I, I've had many patients come. Okay, but you're the expert. Well, what do you think I need? What would you do if you were me? I'm like, I, I'm not going to answer that. Well, and everybody's sensibilities is different. Yeah, but I don't care. I don't want to make you, I don't want to, I don't want to build, I don't want to tear you down or build you up. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. That's just not my style. Yeah. At any rate. All right. Well, that wraps up yet another episode of our Plastic Surgery Uncensored podcast. As always, I've going to plead for you to write something nice, write something uh, positive. If you enjoy the program, if it's helpful, if it's educational, it's entertaining, uh, send it to your friends, people that you love, that you think should learn and uh, download and subscribe. We, uh, we are doing this exclusively for you and only for you. All right, Maria, thank you very much for, uh, as always, being uh, my partner in crime. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Ronnie Urban, signing off from Plastic Surgery Uncensored. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.